0: Can you turn in your Bibles, please, to Exodus chapter twenty? As you turn into Exodus chapter twenty and verse one, I just want to say thanks, Em. Thanks for leading us into God's presence. Don't know what kind of week you've had, but um, it's, it can be so easy, can't it, in the crowded weeks that we have, uh, to find it difficult to actually rest and be still in God's presence and uh, if at no other time in the week that we have a Sunday morning where we can stop and pause just breathe a bit more deeply and just gaze for that bit longer uh, on the God who loves us and the one who created us so thank you for that so we're in this series um, Rules to Live By uh, coming towards the end of that now and uh, we we're going to look uh, this morning uh, about how we um, how we refer to God, how we use His name. But let's let's read the commands together. And God spoke all these words: "I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves an idol in the form of anything in heaven above, or on the earth beneath, or in the waters." Uh, below. Uh, can I just tell you something quite humorous about that? You remember I mentioned a few weeks ago about this wonderful saw, this German saw that I would like to have. Um, uh, well, actually, uh, woodwork things can be a bit of an idol for me. Well, I got my best saw nicked um, ten days ago. And uh, when I heard about this, actually, it was up at my son's house and he got his garage broken into and, and took our saw. I, I remember thinking, oh my goodness, my best saw's gone. But then I, uh, there was part of a chuckle in me and thinking, oh my goodness, never make anything an idol. This side of heaven, I tell you. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. But showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. For the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the, seventh, the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. And when the people saw the thunder and the lightning, heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. The people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. Father, we thank you for your inspired word. We thank you for your presence here with us this morning. And our prayer is that you would speak to us. Give us hearts that yearn for you. Give us minds, Lord, that are increasingly shaped by you. And Father, we pray that our will, Lord, would be bent by you so that, Father, that our desire is to bring you honour and glory with every breath that you give us. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so you've seen the, the verse that we're going to be looking at uh, this morning. It's in verse 7. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. There's a program that Sue and I love to watch. Uh, it's an American program, program. it's called um, Extreme Makeover Home Edition. Anybody else like that program? Uh, or is it just Sue and me? Anybody else seen it? <laughs> Let me just explain what it is. It's um, some families uh, who have hit really hard times in the States, and, uh, and they're families usually who just just give, um, di- give to the community, uh, but they haven't got any money, and they live in these ramshackle homes, Uh, Homes that are sort of almost falling apart and certainly not fit for purpose. Uh, And uh, there's a a television channel out there that put some some money into it. And uh, this team of builders come along and they totally transform their house. And the way they do this is that they bring the builders in, they flatten the house that's already there, and they build something which is quite remarkable. And uh, if you've not watched it, uh, try try and look at it because some of the stories behind this are actually quite... (laughs) quite wonderful. And actually to see a community coming together to bless another family. There's so much Christian, um, there's so much Christian thought and so much Christian heart uh, that you see in this program. And, uh, right at the, right at the end of the program, um, the family are brought back and there's a big bus hiding the house, okay? And they say, uh, bus driver, move this bus, alright? I won't get you to do it, alright, okay? Uh, but that's what they do. They shout out, bus driver, move this bus. So they move the bus and everybody sees this house and everybody goes, oh, wow! And they scream, they shout, and they go in, they bury very American, okay? And he's, like, ah! And they go in and, and, and it is just amazing. One of the things that strikes Sue and me every time that we see this, okay, is that the response from the family is, oh, my, gosh. I don't think I've ever heard them yet say, oh, my, God. There's a spin-off for this over here, and it's called The Big Build. And uh, there's a guy called Nick Knowles. I don't know if you've seen that one. Now, if you actually uh, go to the end of that program, okay, invariably... People never say, oh my gosh. They go, oh my God. I grew up in the Welsh Valleys. And um, when, um, when I was growing up, I had a diet of uh, people saying, oh, yes, he kissed Jesus Christ. In one of our dictionaries, um, the definition for Jesus is a curse word. First... And then it goes on to actually announce that actually it's this person who lived in Nazareth. <laughs> That's how bad things have become. When I, uh, when I wasn't a Christian, I, I cussed and cursed uh, with the best of them. Uh, and uh, my language, oh my goodness. I still remember my gran uh, saying to me, uh, she had some pink soap in the kitchen. right? Okay? And I remember one day... Let in loose with something, and, and she said, "David Oliver, come here. I'm going to wash out your mouth with soap and water." And it was like carbolic soap, whatever that means. It might mean something to some of you, okay? And I'm thinking, woman, and she did, she did it. And I'm thinking, you can't do that, Graham. She said, "Don't you ever, ever let me hear you say something like that again." I can't remember what it was now. It might have been daffodil. Or I can't remember what the word was. But anyway, it, was a, it, was a, it was a cuss word. Now, what's interesting, okay, is, uh, and I do find it funny, when people know I'm pastors, Of goes, what happens, okay, is that the language changes? When I was, I was big into sport, you know, when I was younger, and I used to join these teams, they find out as a minister, the language changed in the dressing room. I remember this one particular day, I just joined this new cricket team, they would found out that I was a minister, and just before we went out, the lads said, right, okay, come on, boys, we've got to get together, you know what we normally do? And I'm thinking, what do they normally do? You know, people sort of hug together and say, yeah, yeah, you know, and all this stuff. They said, let us pray. <laughs> Father David's going to lead us. I think, oh my goodness. I've heard just about and spoken about every cuss word I think there is. Uh, But I don't swear anymore. I've sworn for a little while. There are times when you're tempted to, frankly. Um, But something I don't think I could ever allow to come out of my word is blasphemy. Blasphemy is when we actually take God's name in vain. That's why I cannot bear when I see on facebook o m g just don't go there because we're talking about we're talking about somebody who who deserves more than that well why i I can understand I, you, you know you you read these commandments and I, I've loved this series, I don't know how you've managed with it, but I've, I've loved this series because it's, it's reminding me about some basics that I, I think are really helpful for us to keep reminding ourselves, just bringing us back to this plumb line. And I get, I get why it's important that we don't steal. Um, I was up with James yesterday, we went into the garage, he's now got so many screws into the door of his garage door, okay, Uh, we we wanted to sit outside, okay, so uh, he has some chairs in the garage, so he went with his impact driver, took seven (laughs) screws out of his door so he could get at the chairs, that's how ridiculous it is, why, because he's just experienced theft. he, He phoned me up, he said, Dad, I don't know how to tell you this. I he's talking about my soul. And I said, it's okay, boy. I said, as long as you and Casey are okay. We get why theft is a big deal. We, we get why do not murder um, makes a lot of sense. What's just happened in this past week? How How, how, many, how many families having to pick up the pieces of lives that have been destroyed because somebody who's not adhered to this command. (coughs) Do not commit adultery. It's a no-brainer, isn't it? How many many here, how many here have actually, um, are still carrying the scars of of the pain of that one? So these are big, yeah? But actually to have before that in the order here that you're not to misuse the name of God. So what? why is this such a big deal? I'm going to ask you. It's not a rhetorical question. Why is this such a big deal? And why does it come ahead of some of these other ones which we see as obviously things that you've got to avoid? Somebody give me an idea as to why this should matter to God so much. The rule giver is more important than the rules. Thank you so much. Thank you. Our names are precious. He is to be honored. honored. What else have we got? It It exposes our heart and how we see him. This is great, thank you. Uh, anybody else? Right, okay. You're not thinking of him at that time. And your heart can't be aligned at that moment because of what you've said. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. If we've got that much disregard for his name, what chance have we got with anybody else? Is that what you said, no, With the other commandments. Oh, with the other commandments, right, okay, fine, got you. Yeah. I time name, actually say my name is. Yeah. And what my name, actually Yeah. Can you see why it's a big thing? Thank you for interpreting the passage by the way, I think that was a brilliant exegesis uh, from you Uh, I I had uh, some fun this week just thinking about names and I was thinking about some of your names and then I was thinking about my natural facial reaction when I thought of that name Let me, let me give you a clue. <laughs> Sheila. Honestly, Sheila, I smiled for nearly a moment. I really did, I did. I, I was saying this to Sheila, I, I don't want to embarrass you. But when I think of Sheila, I think of Jesus. So much of Jesus in you, Sheila. And then I thought about Tony. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> you, knew <it> <laughs> you, you knew that was coming, you knew that was coming. Do you, do you know, uh, when we, this is going back a while now, but when we were thinking of names for our little ones, there were certain names we couldn't give them because we thought of people they reminded us of. Have you, have you been there? And we liked the name, but we couldn't stop thinking about the person, and we thought, well, we can't name them that name, which is really unfortunate. I'm not sure if that's mean, it's just honest I think there's some meanness in there But they're, they're, they're honest and, and actually the names that we we, we came up with Were, were actually um, very important For us um, We came up with Emma Because you can't shorten it And I've shortened it to M Ever since she's that high I just love the name Emma. Uh, Jonathan, our uh, first son, is named after Jonathan in Scripture who had this incredible bond with David. And so Jonathan's name is Jonathan David. And it just reminded us of that remarkable love between two people. James. James. We love the name James I, I, you know, I've met so many Jameses And I, all the ones I've met are just gorgeous uh, And so you, I'm sure you can prove me wrong With some other people But um, they, they invariably like that And, uh, and James is uh, Sue's maiden name Susan is Susan James And so we wanted to keep the family thing and so, But it's also one of my favourite letters In the New Testament uh, The half-brother of Jesus As uh, Jonathan reminded us last week When God says, honor my name, don't misuse my name, I don't know about you, uh, but when I stop and think on that, I think, so which name are you talking about, God? And we could go back to Exodus chapter 3 and the great declaration from God in saying what his name was, I am who I am, and for years I've never understood what that means. I thought, what a strange name that is, you know. But actually, I, I remember uh, when we were going through um, a particularly trying period, I, I remember, I'm remember i so glad that he didn't say, I was who I was, which spoke about something in the past. Or I will be what I will be, which speaks about some future hope. But he talked about being the God of the present. And the God who was sufficient for the present. And I don't know about you, but maybe that's what you need to hear this morning. But I must be honest, when I think about God's name, I don't think about that name that was given in Exodus of I am who I am. I think of other names, equally biblical names, uh, that God has declared himself to be. And if I was to ask you, and I'm going to ask you this morning... um, What is the name that you think of when you think of God? I have a number, okay? You may have a number. I'm just going to give you one right now. um, And that is God in Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I've said this on many occasions, that the older you get, the easier it is in being a Christian because... You have a history of God's faithfulness. Now I don't mean that it's and not to sin and all that stuff. I don't think it is. I, but what I mean is that you've built up a track record of God's faithfulness. As I look into the eyes of some of you who have been Christians for years, you know exactly what I mean. You've had mountaintops experiences and you can thank God for those. But you've also experienced God through the dark valley. You knew what it was like to actually meet God in the darkness. And found that he was your light there. And I could give you story after story after story of God providing in miraculous ways for our family. Whether it be materially or through health. And you think, oh my goodness. So when I I think of God's name, I, I think of the way that time and again he has just come through. And just provided remarkably for us. So how about you? When you think about God's name. What are the titles that are particularly precious for you? Who wants to start us off? God the Father. It's right up there for me, that. Do you know, I still can't get over that this little Welsh boy from Cliddach, right, can actually call God Father. That he has condescended to adopt me into his family. I, I do find that amazing. Thank you. Other titles. Come on. Redeemer. Beautiful word, isn't it? Great title. The one who brought us back. Beautiful picture that we got in this passage, of course. It starts the Ten Commandments. I'm the one who brought you out. I'm the one who brought you back. I brought you out of Egypt. Out of slavery. Out of sin. I'm bringing you into the promised land. The Redeemer. Saviour, absolutely. As you know, in God's word, uh, often the name given is so appropriate. Uh, like uh, uh, one of my favourite ones is Samuel. The name Samuel means God heard me. And it was the cry of uh, a woman called Hannah. Who desperately wanted a child. Hadn't been able to bear a child. And she cried out to God. Cried out to God. Cried out to God. Give me a child. And I'll give that child to you. And Samuel came forth. And Samuel means. Heard of God. It's beautiful. The name. is So appropriate. To that individual. Uh, or Esau. Uh, which means. Hairy. Um, or uh, Jacob, uh, which means he um, clings onto my heel, and that's exactly what he did uh, from from the womb. But it's just been mentioned here now, Saviour, the name that was given to Jesus, which means Saviour. What else? Come on. What other titles have you got? Abba. Abba, Father. Abba, Father. What that does is that, that brings father from, you can, you can have father, do you remember back in the Victorian, no you won't back, no, but um, <laughs> some of the Victorian plays, you know, um, a child will refer to father because that's how they refer to him and there was this almost a sort of a distance, but when you mention Abba father, it, it shortens the distance, you, you're actually coming onto the lap and the idea of actually being embraced by a loving father, thank you so much. What else, in terms of the titles that you might have? Sorry, who said that? Lord. Do you know, Anne, the term the Lord is referenced 6,800 times in Scripture. So holy did the scribes believe the name to be that they wouldn't write down the vowels. No, nobody knows what the vowels are of the Lord. We have Jehovah, but we, we're making that word up because all we have is the consonants. Uh, more modern books would say Yahweh. People don't know. And before they would actually write it down, they would go and they would wash, they would change, they'd have a brand new quill, they'd write out the word the Lord, okay, then throw the quill away and then go and wash again. What, what does that speak of? It speaks of incredible reverence, doesn't it? So I think one of the journeys that we have to have is to be able to embrace God as Abba Father, which he encourages us to do, but at the same time have this sense of awe as Father. Would you agree? See, one of the things in our tradition is that we encourage people to come close to God and see him as Father, um, to to be able to just come into his presence at any time. I think the danger with preachers like me is that we can actually reduce the level of awe that they should be. And the reverence as when we come to him. As we come to the creator as the created. Isn't it interesting, if you've got your your Bibles there, if you flick over into Matthew chapter 6. And. Verse 9. Uh, Jesus gives uh, this model prayer. And, and Jesus says this. This is then how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed. Hallowed be your name. Do you see how the two go together? Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. When it talks about fear of God in Scripture, it's not about somebody shaking in their boots because we have a tyrant of a God. It speaks of a loving reverence. For God you know who is the creator and we're the created. He is the Lord and we are not. He is the saviour and we are the saved. He is the redeemer and we are the redeemed. He is the healer and we are the healed. He is the bread and we are the hungry. He is the shepherd and we are the sheep. When we speak to people this week about God, may they hear something in our tone where they recognize that we have a deep reverence for the one who has saved us, the one who has redeemed us, the one who has brought us, adopted us into his family, the one who we can call Abba. Do you agree with me that we need to um, have some lessons in this? But I was thinking about my favorite names of God I was thinking of El Shaddai the almighty, all powerful One who holds everything together in his hands I was thinking about Jesus Our healer, the one who comes and brings his life to us, but actually wants to bring such fullness of life that um, we are restored as well as forgiven, that we are renewed as well as justified. There was um, something in the paper a few years ago, up in the valleys. I, I, don't, I don't know what was going on, um, but some kids thought it was, a, it was a fun thing to do to go and desecrate graves. Uh, did, did, you hear about, did you hear about this? And, um, and, and what they would do is they, they would go into the graveyard and they would push over the, the, the gravestone. And um, I, I, I remember uh, being in a graveyard up in the Rhonda. uh I was doing a service and I actually, I actually saw a row of these. And the impact it had on me to see the disrespect of the names that were on those gravestones. And I share that with you because this, this week, as, as we go into uh, a new week on our front lines with the people that we meet, and we don't know yet who some of those people are going to be. We'll have a fair idea with some others. I just, I just pray to God that we, we will be the kind of people um, are seen as being the people who pick up those stones again. Now, some of these stones are heavy. And so, what people did, the builders uh, who who were doing it, they they needed more than one. And I think it's going to take more than one of us uh, to restore the name to its proper place. But I do believe we have a responsibility as a church, as home groups, as the prayer triplets, as individuals, to go about our business again, to actually raise up again the name of our God. I was thinking about the ways that we misuse God's name. We misuse God's name with our mouth, of course. But I honestly believe that sometimes we misuse God's name by our actions or our inaction let's be careful how we are with people this week that our words bring healing thank you for what you shared Karen what a gift you are to us Um, that was so simple yet so powerful wasn't it how many of us here have regretted words that we've said all of us here I did a quip when I was up there about my rugby bag. Yeah. I, I didn't realise that. Yeah, See, I yeah. I without even realising. I probably heard it that I, I know. Sorry, guys. By the way, that is the last children's talk you're ever <laughs> going to do here. Okay? You ever bring an England rugby bag <laughs> up here again. Yeah, okay, absolutely. fine. <laughs> I didn't even think about the quip. I just did it. Yeah. I told you I'm back. But, that, so, but that, <laughs> I actually mentioned... I think God must be on our case on this one, because I mentioned this a couple of Sundays back, uh, where... Sometimes it's some of the things we say in jest. Now, I, I don't want us to get all PC. There's a lot of PC nonsense out there, isn't there? But but we need to be mindful. I, I get into trouble sometimes with my humor. Yeah, yeah, I know. So we, ju- we just, we do need to be careful. Then you did all that. Yes. It me. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that will stop me. It might. It might not. There were three Welsh people in tears over there, mind. But it's okay. Don't worry about it. That's all right. So, okay. um, We're going to come around the Lord's table in a moment. But um, what I'm doing right now is I'm taking for granted that people who love Jesus will never use his name in vain. I'm just taking that for granted. If you do, can I encourage you to think about what are you doing? I, I, I can't get it in my head. Our, our, our Christian could use God's name in vain. But perhaps it's this whole thing about the culture of society just becomes our culture. And that there's so little difference between us and, and everybody else.